0: This is Unfortunate History. What's up, everybody? This is Cody Pennington.
1: And this is Greg Skinner.
0: And welcome to Unfortunate History, the podcast that covers the wacky, interesting, and unfortunate moments in history. And today, Greg, it's actually kind of special because you are joining me for our very first pirate episode together. This is our first
1: pirate no we have we haven't done any pirates have we that's
0: surprising well we've done pirates but Sam was the one that did it with me you didn't do it with me
1: oh. Oh, I see. Oh, oh, Yeah, Captain Morgan. You guys did Captain Morgan. I knew there was a pirate there somewhere.
0: Yeah, we did Captain Morgan. Definitely go listen to Captain Morgan if you haven't yet. I know a lot of you haven't. I watched the analytics and I'm upset. <laughs> I'm really upset. It peeves me off because that was a lot of work to do those two episodes and they're good episodes. Now go back and listen.
1: <laughs> I don't listen to anything I'm not involved in. I'm joking. I did listen.
0: <laughs> he did listen because he was upset that I let Sam do accents. <laughs> I,
1: you tell me off for doing accents! What? Am I mildly racist?
0: Maybe. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, we have to actively avoid Asian topics.
1: <laughs> I don't do it on purpose, everyone. I, please, I'm trying to be historically accurate. It does, doesn't come off that way. <laughs>
0: historically accurate. My ass. <laughs> now, today, Greg, we'll actually be covering two subsets of pirates. Okay. And these are two subsets that not many people cover. These two subsets are women pirates and pirates that suck at being pirates
1: <laughs> okay both very interesting topics i am um i'm i'm interested
0: yeah and i hope the listeners are as well i had a fun time researching these topics i've been researching pirates on and off really since captain morgan but um, I found a fantastic book that we used as the main source for this episode, which was Under the Black Flag by David Courtingley. If you really want a nice, easy read for uh, anything pirates, definitely check out this book, Under the Black Flag.
1: Okay. Already, like I'm, I'm very curious about the female pirates one, because I'm sure
0: weren't pirates kind of rapey? Uh, p- pirates were very rapey. Good <laughs> observation, Greg. Yeah, they were very rapey. But uh, some of the pirates we'll cover today were not necessarily uh, violent towards women. There were obviously a ton of pirates that were, and that was a huge thing, which uh, we'll also be covering a little bit later anyways. Um, But the main pirates we'll be covering today, there's four throughout the entire, uh, we're telling two main stories today, and we'll be covering four pirates throughout those stories. Mm -hmm. Firstly, we're going to be discussing Calico Jack and Bonnie and Mary Reed, who are both the very famous female pirates, pretty much the only ones we really know about. And then we're going to round off the episode with a Mr. Captain Kidd.
1: Is is he one of of the ones that suck?
0: He is the one that sucks. (laughs) He was not a good pirate whatsoever. He was terrible. But we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Now, first, we're going to start with our female pirates. Mm -hmm. To start this story, we have to discuss a little bit of Calico Jack, like I just mentioned.
1: Calico Jack is a, a female?
0: He is not a female, but he has a lot to do with Anne Bonnie, and Mary Reed's story.
1: Oh, Oh, I just realized what I said then. (laughs) Is, Is he a female, thinking it was a female? Although I was right first time, he is a bloke then.
0: He is a bloke, yes. Super bloke. Super bloke. Yep. See, Calico Jack... He was born John Rackham, was a reckless and bold man whose very colorful clothes actually earned him his moniker of Calico Jack, which is a bit of a play on words, I think, because calico actually means plain white fabric. And since he was said to have worn really colorful fabric, this is obviously just a little wink, I suppose. So they've been, what, ironic? They're being ironic. They're being facetious. Pirates can be ironic. <laughs> they, they do have senses of humor. They do, yeah. They're very rapey, but they can do a, they can do a comedy night
1: <laughs> if yeah, they try. Yeah, but that, that makes up for it.
0: No, it does not. Chris. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> now, when compared to other pirates, like Captain Morgan or Blackbeard, Calico Jack would be considered more of a small-time pirate. Instead of commanding a large ship with large crews, he would be more likely seen in smaller vessels. Instead of plundering whole cities, he would more likely plunder smaller merchant ships. Okay. He was even reported to not have dabbed really into torture. Instead, he chose to treat his victims with restraint, which we'll see in a moment. We'll come back to bite him straight in the ass.
1: So when you said he's in, like, smaller vessels, I just pictured him in, like, a dinghy with two other guys.
0: Yeah, I can, well, yeah. <laughs> Calico Jack! <laughs> he's still, like, very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Like, people pull their man-of-war ships over <laughs> when they see his dinghy. They're like, please, no, Calico Jack.
1: <laughs> no, he's coming for us really slowly. Like, just at them with, got two guys with oars.
0: Yeah. Please, no, Calico Jack. <laughs> Don't treat us with restraint. <laughs> well, from that... Calico Jack seems a bit boring, but his main claim to fame was his association with the two other pirates we'll be discussing today Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed. Okay. Two female pirates whose lives were said to have been much more adventurous and very interesting when compared to Jack's. Okay. Now, some of the listeners will remember our Captain Morgan episodes that we discussed a little bit earlier, but I know some Mm -hmm. of you don't, so go back and listen. (laughs) In the very first episode, we discussed the years that made up the Golden Age of Piracy because it was split actually into three different periods. Well, Calico Jack met Anne Bonny during the third period of the Golden Age of Piracy, which was the post-Spanish Secession period. For a quick reminder, this period spanned 10 years from 1716 to 1726. Mm -hmm. because the golden age of piracy had been a thorn in the side of england for nearly a century at this point on september 5th 1717 king george made a proclamation that any pirate that surrendered themselves to the governor of the nearest city within the year would be granted a full pardon from all of their pirating deeds now this is what brought calico jack to new providence Mm -hmm. he decided to take advantage of the newly offered amnesty and it was here that he met Anne bonnie right so he actually what he did that he surrendered himself he surrendered himself but it wasn't really surrendering himself it was basically going to the governor of the nearest city and saying look i'm a pirate but i would like some of this amnesty if you don't mind (laughs) and they just don't arrest you (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then just went straight back to pirating.
0: <laughs> well, no, not yet. Actually, he didn't. He didn't go straight into pirating, but okay. he did meet Anne Bonny. And David, accordingly, in his book under the Black Flag, described Calico Jack courting Anne Bonny in the same way that he attacked ships. "Quote: No time wasted. Straight up alongside. Every gun brought to play, and the prize boarded." And Anne Bonny was into it. Oh, I guess guess women do like a confident man, I guess. I suppose so. And she was actually persuaded by Calico Jack to leave her sailor husband and to take to the sea with Jack himself.
1: In his little fucking shit dinghy. In
0: his little shit dinghy, and I cannot help but feel absolutely awful for her husband because he was like straight up cuckolded by a pirate. I mean, that's pretty hardcore. Like normally they just come in and they like maybe sleep with them for a night, but she was like, "Deuces, this calico jack guy is right up my alley." <laughs> Literally.
1: Now, see, in my head, I got any, I got like a vision of these women of like being like kind of sexy. I- there weren't
0: (laughs) i don't know i mean obviously beauty is in the eye of the beholder yes yes okay but everyone smelled
1: yeah and i can't (laughs) picture dental hygiene being the best
0: (laughs) not the best no and they all came from england and you know
1: (laughs) fuck you (laughs) i can't help that there's no fluoride in our water
0: (laughs) that's true (laughs) uh we do have a leg up there (laughs) yeah well, soon after leaving with Calico Jack, Anne Bonnie actually became pregnant by Calico Jack, not by somebody else. <sighs> and Calico Jack escorted her to his friends in Cuba, where she had her child. But right when she could walk, Jack sent for her and off she went back to his crew, as Calico Jack had taken up piracy once again. Mm. We don't know what happened to her baby. I think the baby grew up to be Fidel Castro,
1: <laughs> uh, I, know you, I know you're gullible in me because you know that's the kind of thing I would believe.
0: That's obviously a joke. I, I don't know. Well, whenever Anne Bonny was aboard Calico Jack's ship, even before she had her baby, she was actually dressed in men's clothing most of the time. Mm-hmm. Presumably, I think this was either so the other members of the crew didn't know she was a woman or she was dressed in men's clothing during attacks so that the people they were attacking didn't realize she was a woman. And then she was dressed as a woman at other times. I've seen it both ways, but I'm not exactly sure why. Mm. But she was dressed as a man most of the time on the ship.
1: Okay. So thus, thus handing to my theory that she was not sexy, if she could still <laughs> pass as a dude. I
0: don't know. That that theme's going to come up in a second.
1: <laughs> you see that not model on the ship. <laughs> yeah, that's her. she looks like a dude. <laughs>
0: Well, while Anne Bonny had been away giving birth, many new faces had joined Jack's crew. One in particular caught Anne Bonny's eye, and she felt so compelled to this pirate that she actually revealed herself as a woman.
1: What? Oh, so she got bored of Jack.
0: Uh, she did get kind of bored of Jack. But see, okay, uh, that actually uh, means she she probably was dressed up to uh, for the other members to avoid seeing her as a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... To Anne Bonny's surprise, the pirate turned out to also be a woman. <laughs> so, wait, what? She was also a woman dressed as a man. This was Mary Reed. Is this like the reverse white girls? It's crazy because she actually thought, oh, wow, this person is very attractive. I'm going to try to seduce them. Check it out. I'm a woman. Turns out that's a woman, too
1: look at my tits and he's like look at mine <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm sorry ladies i'm not we're not trying to be sexist obviously i, mean,
1: I can't get away with anything on this podcast
0: <laughs> well no it's just that it's it's a funny situation obviously it is a funny situation trust me well Anne Barney was supposedly actually really let down by discovering that she was a woman
1: <laughs> there wasn't a, a big old penis rocking down there <laughs>
0: Yeah, but with this fact now known, the two women thought it was best to let Calico Jack in on the fact that Mary Reed was also a woman. And Jack was probably like, jackpot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> going say, all right.
0: <laughs> because up to this point, Jack actually did not know that she was a woman, mm-hmm. even though she was part of the crew. I'm going to now explain in just a moment why he did not know that she was a woman, that Mary Reed was a woman. To do that, we actually have to discuss both Anne Bonny and Mary Reed's early lives. Because they are both actually very interesting. Okay. And weirdly enough, uh, there's so many synchronicities between the two. Mm-hmm. Now, Mary Reed was born in England. Mary Reed was the one that nobody knew was a woman until she revealed it. <laughs> she was born in England as the second child of a young mother whose husband went to sea and never returned.
1: The old school equivalent of I'm going to the shop to get some cigarettes <laughs> and then never coming back. <laughs> I'm just going to sea for a little while. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>
0: Well, this young mother had an affair after her husband had either disappeared or just, you know, sailed off into the sunset. That's not an affair. (laughs) I know you'd say it's not an affair. That's moving on. (laughs) Realistically, at this time, it would have been an affair because they were still married. She didn't know what had happened to them. So she ended up sleeping with somebody else while she was still married to this man who was disappeared. They would have expected her to wait until she died and then she could have sex with someone else. (laughs) (laughs) then (laughs) it's not it's not wrong
1: oh history
0: well from this affair mary's mother became pregnant with mary to avoid the shame of having a bastard child she went to the countryside to stay with friends it was here that her first child who was from the first marriage with the man who disappeared at sea that child actually died and it was a young boy Well, soon Mary's mother ran out of money and had to approach her mother-in-law for help supporting Mary. And the mother-in-law agreed to provide a crown a week to help the child. Mm -hmm. Now, Mary was actually brought up as a boy. Oh. I'm not sure if this was to hide the fact that the mother-in-law's grandson had passed and she was saying, you know, you're paying for your son still. This is your son, you know, uh, or if it was for some other reason... um, I think it's the first reason. But you would expect her to recognize her grandson. <laughs> Senility.
1: And like I said, people were just covered in dirt back then. You know what I mean? Just oh, like that's a bit true. of dirt on the face. It could matter I mean, look, it's it's literally like an extreme version of like, you know, when you it's like the wife's away and the family dog dies. So the husband goes and buys a similar looking dog and tries to pass it off as original dog.
0: Is that a normal thing that happens? No, but its I've heard of it happening. Saying, it's like that old adage. Kill a dog, buy another dog. No one knows the difference. Wait, it's that with a kid. <laughs> but it's that with a kid,
1: yeah. Am I the only person who's heard of that scenario? <laughs>
0: no, I've heard something similar, but yeah, definitely not with a kid.
1: No, not with a kid.
0: But uh, either way, the fact that Mary's mother was bringing her up as a boy could have been just to hide the fact that Mary was a bastard child. Either way, not 100% sure why.
1: Mm, logical explanation
0: yeah mary's mother secured her a post as a young footman to a french lady at the age of 13 that's kind of like a young butler i would assume you kind of just the errand boy for this person i can picture it getting old yes she got very bored with this life pretty quickly and she decided to board a man-of-war ship this took her to flanders which is dutch i believe where she enlisted as a cadet in the dutch army okay she's still dressed as a man aren't the tests aren't the checks no they don't just they don't do like physicals yeah, but you'd think you know when all the
1: dudes are just you know taking a piss standing up
0: she just wouldn't wouldn't pee with the other guys i guess
1: <laughs> She just stood up up like, yep how are we going dudes
0: <laughs> no i just don't think she i just don't think she pee. she pissed with them i mean i'm sure there were people that were nervous about their male appendages even back then so they mm. probably didn't want to pee in front of other people Probably just thought she was weird. (laughs) Okay. Well, interestingly, Mary actually distinguished herself by her bravery in several military engagements. You'd expect her to stay out of the spotlight, but she apparently took to the military life quite well and was shown as being a very confident soldier. We don't have any information specifically on what the military engagements were, though,
1: unfortunately. Would a a voice not be a giveaway? You know, women's voices typically do are higher...
0: Yeah, but some people have, a lot of people have different voices. I mean, men have higher voices. Women have lower voices. Mm. You can mask your voice. She's been doing it since she was a boy. Uh, I mean, a young girl. She's been pretending to be a boy, so I'm sure she's picked up some tricks along the way. Yeah, maybe might, might be a role. Yeah. Well, while she was in her military service, Mary Reed fell in love with a Flemish soldier who was pretty damn happy to find out he was sharing a tent with a young woman. <laughs> But Mary Reed wasn't going to just be a mistress. She told him that he had to put a ring on it, and he did.
1: I was going to say that like, the whole time he's was like, oh, he just thought he was gay secretly. He's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was something about you, Mary.
0: <laughs> well, the couple left military service, and they set up as owners of a pub, as you do. Unfortunately, her husband died just straight up soon after they were married. I assume he was just lost at sea. It seems to be a
1: pattern. <laughs> yeah, This is just something that happened back in the day. People just died
0: all the time. That's all it was, yeah. And unfortunately, somewhat unfortunately, a peace treaty was actually signed, which caused the soldiers to leave the area and caused Mary Reed's pub's business to dry up. So Mary decided to leave, mm-hmm. and she dressed up as a man once again. The good old trick. It always works. (laughs) Well, Mary joined a ship that sailed off to the West Indies, which was actually eventually captured by pirates and soon under the command of Calico Jack, which is what brought her and Anne Bonny to their meeting, which then again, obviously brought her to Calico Jack's attention.
1: Okay. So here we are in the present. (laughs) That's how Mary
0: Reed got to the past present (laughs) with Anne Bonny.
1: Yeah. The past present.
0: Yes. Well, now let's cover Anne Bonny's life, and tell me if you can count how many synchronicities are in this. Okay. Anne Bonny was also brought up a boy. Okay. Anne Bonny was born near Cork, Ireland, and was the illegitimate daughter of a lawyer. Her father's wife actually found out that he had cheated on her and had a baby with their maid, Anne Bonny's mother, and the two separated. Now, Anne's father was so fond of Anne Bonny that he decided that she should live with him but he dressed her as a boy and pretended that he was training her as a lawyer's clerk to avoid any possible scandals. Well, the scandal was found out by Ann Bonnie's father's wife. For some reason, I don't know why she was doing this, but she was providing some kind of stipend to Ann Bonnie's father. He was a lawyer, but his wife was paying like an allowance
1: to the, to the lawyer
0: to the lawyer yeah i don't know why
1: i, I think you should change your degree code cuz uh, it ain't <laughs> sounded so good
0: oh i'm sorry should i change my degree to gold digger i think that's what i need to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so i've got a degree in gold digging <laughs> find yourself a rich man
0: well after it was found out that the boy that and bonnie's father was Training to be a lawyer's clerk wasn't a boy, and was in fact his daughter. Ann Bonnie's father's wife stopped paying him the allowance. Okay, okay, makes makes sense. So basically, the money tree is gone for Ann Bonnie's father. He was trying to be clever. And he really took some liberties having sex with the maid and then expecting the wife to pay him. A lot of, lot of liberties here. <laughs>
1: That's a man who's confident in himself. <laughs> She'll never know. He knows
0: what he wants and he goes and gets it. But, like I said, Mary's uh, Mary's father's wife decided to cut off this allowance and the scandal broke out in the public, which hurt his lawyer practice. So, he had to leave Ireland. Mm-hmm. Now, her father took Anne Bonny and the maid to Carolina. He actually took the maid with him. Um, <laughs> and this is where he made enough money to buy a plantation, and he was actually very successful. But, Anne Bonny apparently very much disappointed her father when she fell in love with a poor seaman and married him. So... He just decided to kick her out of the house. Jesus Christ. After all this, he just decided to kick her right out.
1: Yeah, that's when he decided. Yeah, I know. He could have saved himself so much
0: hassle. <laughs> he could have. He could have still been a successful lawyer getting a stipend every week. Yeah. Well, Anne, Bonnie and her now uh, well poor husband decided to sail to the island of Providence, which is where she first met Calico Jack. Oh. You'll remember we mentioned that when Calico Jack met Anne Bonnie, he seduced her and convinced her to leave her scrub husband and join Jack's crew.
1: <laughs> would would her dad have been any more impressed with fucking Jack?
0: Might have been, to be honest. Jack was a bit more successful, at least. Um, He's a pirate. <laughs> yeah, but this is the same uh, man that was made a cuckold that we mentioned earlier, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, doesn't sound like he has much of a spine.
0: Well, this trio now put together uh, in the past-present... Calico Jack and Bonnie and Mary Reed, they actually made a big name for themselves over the course of the next two years, plundering different towns, attacking different ships, what have you. When they stole a ship from the Nassau Harbor, however, the governor knew absolutely that the criminals had been Calico Jack and Bonnie and Mary Reed. So, at this point, the three were then labeled pirates and enemies of the crown. Pretty much labeled them enemies of the tallest order.
1: So they were like... Top of the CIA's most wanted.
0: Pretty much, yeah. They were really wanted to catch these pirates. Mm-hmm. Well, they ran for some time, but they were eventually captured, and all of Calico Jack's crew was put on trial. The men, including Calico Jack, were tried and found guilty, obviously. Yeah. They were hanged in a fashion very similar to the very first scene of Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean films. You remember when he's on that small dinghy that's... Um, slowly sinking he sails by these um pirates that are hanging beneath this rock
1: i remember the scene.
0: this is exactly how they they hanged them that's exactly how they did that and they left their bodies up there they left the crew members bodies up there to rot and that's exactly where i assume actually the disney film this is where it gets its um gets its inspiration for that particular scene Mm -hmm. now after he was hanged calico jack's body was then placed in an iron cage on an island near port royal which is similar to the beginning of another (laughs) pirates of the caribbean film
1: (laughs) yeah i remember that as well
0: yeah exactly he was dead and assumed to be left as uh, food for the crows but this island was actually named after him later it was uh it went on to be called rackham's k which his real name was obviously rackham okay that's interesting yeah 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 fun tip (laughs) it Well, they tried the men and the women separately. Now that the men's trial was done, they decided to try the women and Bonnie and Mary Reed. There was quite a few people that testified against them. Uh, They brought (laughs) in a lot of people and they had a lot of evidence. Obviously, they were very guilty. And Mm -hmm. one witness gave a description that's very telling. Um, So let's give this description. I'm going to quote this actually from the Under the Black Flag book. It goes like this, quote, "...they each of them had a pistol in their hands and cursed and swore at the men to murder the victim." And that they should kill her to prevent her coming against them. And the victim further said that the reason of her knowing and believing them to be women then was the largeness of their breasts.
1: Oh, that's a bit of a giveaway, isn't it? Look. Yeah, I suppose
0: <laughs> you can even dress in men's clothing, but it's going to be well. No, nah, it's not fair. Men have big breasts as well.
1: Yeah, but there's usually a big fat gut as well, followed with it. Isn't it? When yeah, it's like, it's like so. you know, oh, tiny waist, massive boobs. He's like, yeah, I'm a dude.
0: Yeah. Well, at this juncture, we should probably point out that the reason Calico Jack died and was hanged uh, was because he left witnesses. What? Really? (laughs) Remember, he didn't treat his victims with, um, he didn't torture his victims in that. He actually uh, treated them respectfully. You don't do that if you're a pirate. You kill them all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Don't leave anyone behind. They will (laughs) shaft you later on.
0: Absolutely. Well, after all the trial was finished for Anne, Bonnie, and Mary Reed, Sir Nicholas gave his sentence. And he said, quote, You, Mary Reed, and Anne Bonny are to go from hence to the place from whence you came and from thence to the place of execution where you shall be severally hanged by the neck till you are severally dead and God of his infinite mercy be merciful to both your souls.
1: So the hungum.
0: But Anne Bonny and Mary Reed gave a startling revelation. (laughs) They were both Pregnant.
1: Oh, changes things.
0: It was like a mic drop. It was a mic drop in the court. (laughs) And the court decided that, quote, the said sentence should be respited and then an inspection should be made. An inspection, I assume, of... You know, whether they they were pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> now, an examination occurred, and both women were indeed found to be pregnant. And I'm not sure if they were actually pregnant, or if they are just hoping that they were pregnant, but I'm sure both of them were like, shoo! <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> we really dodged a close one there, Mary, didn't we? <laughs> but, unfortunately, Mary Reed contracted fever and died in prison soon after the trial. Hmm. And just as unfortunate, actually, we have no idea what happened to Anne Bonny or her child.
1: Then what was the point in this fucking episode?
0: Well I want answers. You can be colorful, you know. He became Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> he grew his hair out and started wearing a lot of jewelry <laughs> and became Johnny Depp.
1: Oh, yeah, I can, I can picture it. That's why he was so good as Jack Sparrow.
0: Yeah. Well, the point of this story was because it was very unfortunate. But there's also one last unfortunate tidbit. Mm -hmm. nine englishmen were actually also tried in connection with calico jack these nine men had been in a canoe searching for turtles when they were just persuaded to join the pirates for a bowl of punch they literally just came aboard calico jack calico jack's ship to have a bowl of punch and this was just before the pirates were captured and the men were still charged with piracy oh and six of them were hanged until dead that would have been me
1: in those days. <laughs> oh, you know, just in a, in a canoe, like, you want to come on for, for a drink? I'm like, you're fucking right, I do.
0: <laughs> Greg, you're always getting into trouble.
1: <laughs> Who are these two incredibly attractive men you have with you? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that was the story of Calico Jack and Bonnie and Mary Reed. Now let's head over to the loserists of loser pirates, Captain Kidd. <laughs> Captain Kidd is portrayed in a lot of media as being a very impressive pirate. There's quite a few people that, uh, a lot of books in that are based on his character, claiming him to be this amazing pirate. And that's because he was basically the pirate to have um, created the idea of buried treasure. Really? Out of all the pirates, Captain Kidd was the main pirate to have inspired the buried treasure phenomena of all pirates. To be fair, really has no bearing on his story whatsoever. He just hid some treasure. That was it. <laughs> it's
1: left a big legacy, though, because that's one of the first things you think of with pirates, isn't it? Buried treasure, a map with an X
0: on it. Which is what makes this his story so weird and interesting because he was so shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was such what? a terrible pirate. <laughs> now, Captain Kidd was undoubtedly the most unsuccessful pirate I've read about. Not just because he could never gain the admiration of any of his crews, but that he utterly failed at almost everything he attempted in piracy. But his story is interesting enough to tell on our show, which I I suppose isn't a very great bar to set.
1: (laughs) I'm sure he's absolutely chuffed in the afterlife.
0: Well, William Kidd was born around 1645 in Greenwich a Scottish port on the Firth of Clyde, whatever the hell that is. (laughs) Now, we don't know much about his early life other than the fact that he went to sea, and by 1689, when he was in his mid-40s, he became the captain of a ship in the Caribbean. Literally 40 years of his life just down the toilet. Don't know much about him. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I can't pitch you being that good then.
0: While he was captaining a ship called the Blessed William, he joined a squadron led by a captain in the Royal Navy and raided a French island called Mary Galante. However, after this attack, Kid's crew decided they didn't really want to be in the Royal Navy. That's not what they had really signed up for when joining Kid's crew. So yeah. when Kid's ship anchored at Nevis, the crew took the ship and sailed off without him. <laughs> <laughs> Strike number 1 for Captain
1: Kid. Isn't is isn't that another thing that happens in the Pirates of the Caribbean
0: films. It's exactly what happens in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Was films. Say. So yes, if you're thinking think of all of the ineptitude of Jack Sparrow, everything that's that he do, that that bad happens to him. That's Captain Kid as a person.
1: Does he have a does he have a jar of dirt?
0: I don't know if he has a jar of dirt, but obviously Jack Sparrow is lucky, but he's also very talented. He does a lot of cool shit, but he gets into very bad situations because he's kind of dumb sometimes. Captain Kidd was dumb all the time and he got into terrible situations all the time.
1: (laughs) I couldn't get out of it either. Yeah.
0: Well, luckily for Kid, the governor of Nevis was grateful to Kid for his military actions against the French. And he presented him with a recently captured French vessel that was renamed the Antigua. And you can only imagine the governor seeing Kid really upset about his crew just bailing on him and coming up to him and like, don't worry, pal. I've got another ship here for you. <laughs> like, just really throwing him a bone,
1: oh, but I, even though it probably wasn't. I just picture it, it being not really crap.
0: Yeah, like literally planks falling off and that. And yeah, gee, <laughs> thanks, Gov. <laughs> well, kid sailed his new ship up to New York, obviously the most piratey of places, where he met a wealthy widow whom he quickly married. He then spent four <laughs> years developing uh, business interests and making political friendships. But he grew tired of that life and decided to sail to England in hopes of making a fortune as a privateer. Now, most of you listeners that listen to the Captain Morgan episodes, again, I know a lot of you didn't. Go back and listen now. You'll remember <laughs> that a privateer was a person given the authority by a government to capture pirates or other enemy vessels.
1: Okay, yes, I'll remember that.
0: Yep. Well, when Kidd arrived in London, he met a wealthy New York entrepreneur, Robert Livingston, and the two set out to find sponsors for Kid's privateering voyage. Well, the two guys actually gained support from Lord Bellamont, a member of parliament, and he agreed to help find financial backers for the venture in which they would buy a powerful ship and hunt down pirates in the Indian Ocean. Okay. Well, as Bellamont set out finding financiers, Kid undertook the command of the ship and the recruitment of its crew. Mm-hmm. All of the crew was recruited under a uh, no purchase, no pay system, which was really normal back then, but it basically meant that if they captured no pirates, they got no pay.
1: So it's like those, you know, those um, injury lawyers for you adverts you see where it's like, no win, no fee.
0: Somewhat, yeah, somewhat. I mean...
1: That's going to be you in a few years, code. Sometimes, it?
0: Sometimes, when, depending <laughs> on the agreement, you can still get your costs covered. So, uh, yeah. This will come into play in the story in a moment, so put a pen in the fact that if they captured no pirates, they got no pay.
1: Okay, pinning that.
0: Now, Lord Bellamont was actually very successful in gaining financial backers to the plan. He got more political peers involved as well as the director or a director of the East India Company, which obviously was a huge company back in these days. Mm -hmm. Now, Captain Kidd was also given a privateering commission, but this was only to capture French ships because England was still at war with France at the time. Yep. However, one of the financial backers also had the power to give Captain Kidd a second commission that gave him the power to also hunt down pirates. So now he had a shit ton of power to hunt down French pirates, pretty much any enemy of England.
1: Okay, so you think he's in a good position there.
0: They set him up in a great position.
1: He's essentially the good guy.
0: He is the good guy. This is, okay, just just listen. Lord Bellamont even got the king himself to take part in this venture. William III gave the venture his formal approval and allowed all of the partners to keep every bit of the profits from kids' captures. Usually, the profits had to be declared in the admiralty courts, but the king allowed them to keep all of it, and they convinced the king to do this by also giving him 10% of the profit.
1: (laughs) So they didn't get to keep all the profit.
0: (laughs) Well, they got to share the profit equally, and they didn't have to give a percentage to the admiralty courts. Admiralty courts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the ship that was purchased was the 34-gun adventure galley, very big ship. Okay. And Kid set sail with this new ship to New York, and here he had actually planned to recruit the majority of the crew members, at least a, a larger more a larger majority of the crew members. The news of this voyage had actually already spread quickly to New York from England and Kid had no problem recruiting 90 more men which gave him a total of 152 men in his crew still very well set up in this venture. Yeah, you'd think you you'd think easy job. Yeah, you absolutely would think easy. You got job.
1: a massive ship with a load of guns and a lot of manpower and the motivation that you're going to get rich. Yeah.
0: How did he fuck up? I could have done this. <laughs> well, they set sail for about a month or so until they wound up in a small port on the west coast of Madagascar. Captain Kidd decided it was best to rest here for about a month because several of his crew members had already developed scurvy on the voyage over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can already see like, this unlucky streak taking off.
0: Now this is kind of normal though, right? Because they were probably, yeah. they were at sea for a month. There's very bad conditions. Oh, somebody's gonna catch scurvy. Well, they then sailed to the Comoros Islands, then to the island of Mohia. Okay. All while not doing a single bit of privateering. They've probably been at sea probably a couple of months at this point. Zero privateering whatsoever.
1: What was the estimated, like, what was they expecting at this
0: point? <laughs> uh, well, they were expecting to have been probably sailing home soon hereafter. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got zero any of anything to show for it. but it was here on the island of Mohia, captain kidd thought it was a good idea to careen his ship and this is where a ship is brought up onto the beach during high tide and allowed to sit there when low tide comes so that maintenance can be done to the underside of the ship this was obviously necessary
1: Mm -hmm. because because wood
0: rots it does yeah but i mean obviously uh probably could have chosen a better time but while here on Mohia, Captain Kidd lost 30 of his men to tropical diseases, like an idiot. <laughs> How?
1: <laughs> okay, uh, uh, although I feel like he's the captain, I feel like this is more his crew's fault. I don't know, man. Or, I mean, or is he just is he just really stupid for going where he did?
0: What's just the fact that he stayed in areas that he shouldn't have stayed in. He probably should have been looking for privateering options <laughs> instead yeah. of just sailing <laughs> left and right and left and right. He was just kind of cr- all over the place, really. Mm-hmm. Well, throughout his voyage from New York all the way to Mohia, various other men had joined Captain Kidd's crew, which now consisted of a number of pirates. Okay, all of the crew. We're starting to grow very tired of absolutely no prize to show for their voyage so far. I can imagine. Well, Captain Kidd now decided that it would be better to sail to the Red Sea and to intercept one of the ships in a Pilgrim fleet, and I'm not exactly sure what that is, but this was not something that Captain Kidd had the power to do under his privateering commissions. This was essentially attacking civilians.
1: So he's essentially just become a pirate again, like a full-on pirate. He's never been a pirate. <clears throat> okay, now he's turning into one.
0: He pretty much, yeah. So he went ahead with this anyway. Now, this Pilgrim fleet was under the protection of three European ships, one being a very large ship known as the Scepter, captained by Edward Barlow, who's apparently a very famous marine, like historical maritime figure. Well, Barlow saw Kidd's ship approaching, flying the Red Flag of Piracy, and Barlow fired his guns in warning at Kidd and raised the flag of the East India Company. But Kidd was attempting to take one of the smaller ships, and he was kind of heading in that direction. But Captain Barlow ordered his men to tow his ship closer to the ship that Captain Kid was trying to get and ordered his men to yell threats and fire off guns at Kid's ship. So Kid lost his nerve and retreated to a safe distance <laughs> because they were yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> then he gave up all hope of capturing the ship and sailed right off into the sun.
1: Yeah, but at the same time is what there was what there was three ships guarding this pilgrimage ship.
0: There was, but there was only one that was close enough to really do damage to Captain Kidd's ship.
1: Yeah, but still, it's, that sounds like a bad idea anyway. You're outnumbered. <laughs> it was a bad idea at the very beginning,
0: but if you're going to do it, at least do it right. <laughs> he, he,
1: I feel like they said some nasty words. It was like, jeez, like, guys, come on. Ugh, that's mean. <laughs> She's Jesus. spinning the wheel around.
0: <laughs> well, now not only did Captain Kidd not have any prizes to show for his failed attack, or for any of his voyage, his ship also had holds in it. And he was running really low on supplies. And his crew was becoming more mutinous. I'm surprised it took this long. I know, yeah. You're at months at this point at sea, and this guy is just terrible. (laughs) Well, Kidd encountered a small trading ship flying English flags off of the Malabar coast. Captain Kidd fired shots near her and came up alongside her to board the ship. But... While he was interviewing the captain, some of Kidd's crew tortured the crew of the ship to find any valuables on board. Several of the men were hoisted up on ropes and beaten with cutlasses until Kidd seized the provision from the vessel. And they pretty much just, (laughs) they gutted the ship pretty much. But it seems like the crew just did it and Captain Kidd was like, all right.
1: No, I think it was more like he was I don't think he was like, all oh, right. I think he was like I don't think I can stop them.
0: <laughs> well, he wouldn't have been able to, no. But no. it was his choice to fire upon the ship and to board it. So he definitely set them up for uh the option. Hasn't he hasn't he just c- committed treason? He did. Did I mention <laughs> that this ship was flying English flags? <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> committed treason. He did commit treason. News of this attack and the attempted attack on the Pilgrim fleet spread, and two warships were sent out to attack Captain Kidd. However, for the very first time, Captain Kidd was a bit lucky. Mm, Okay. He was actually able to fight off the smaller ship, and was able to escape with no damage to his ship.
1: Yeah, but he's still got what? There's there's people after him now. (laughs)
0: There are people after him now. Look, He was literally
1: in in the perfect position, and now he's... An actual pirate.
0: He was set up so well for this voyage and he really screwed all of it up. Now, even with this bit of luck, Captain Kidd's crew was beginning to break down and the piratical side was starting to show itself. See, the ship called in at the Lacadive Islands. I think that's how you spell that, or Lacadive, but Lacadive, whatever. We'll say Lacadive Islands. Now, the local boats were seized and chopped up for firewood, and the native women were raped. Now, when the men of the village retaliated for this, the pirates attacked the village and beat its inhabitants. Now, news of this attack also reached the mainland, and Captain Kidd's rap sheet was starting to grow. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess it's pretty important to note that Captain Kidd has really done almost nothing up to this point. He's uh, not the fact that he hasn't caused pirating things, but he's not done anything for his voyage up to this point. Nope. Nothing for the people that have invested in this, including <laughs> the fucking king,
1: the king of England. That's one person in these times you don't piss off you the just king. Do of not
0: pick, piss off the king of England. Well, two more events would occur that would really seal Captain Kidd's fate. First, on October 30th, Kidd had an argument with his gunner, William Moore. Moore was grumbling with some men about how there had been no prizes. Rightfully upset about it, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I'd be pissed as well. Well, Captain Kidd had a very big temper on him, and he turned to Moore and called him a lousy dog. To which Moore replied... Quote, if I'm a lousy dog, you have made me so. You have brought me to ruin and many more. Well, this upset kid to no end. (laughs) It wasn't exactly a prize roast. (laughs) No, it wasn't a huge roast. But, he picked up an iron hooped bucket and smashed it down on Moore's head. Jesus. And Moore then collapsed onto the deck. Okay. Um, Under the Black Flag reports that this next line, Moore said while he was dying, but I don't know if, or Moore said so while he was passing on on the deck. I don't know if this is true or not. It's pretty ridiculous that he would have said it, but after he, uh, after Kid smashed Moore on the head with this iron hooped bucket, Moore collapsed to the deck and reportedly said, "Farewell, farewell, Captain. <laughs> Kid has given me my last." <laughs>
1: he never said that no i don't believe it
0: i read that i read that and i said david accordingly, no he didn't
1: (laughs) you the fuck told you that he did not
0: say that i just thought that was so ridiculous to say (laughs) farewell 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 captain Kidd has given me my last (laughs) with a bucket (laughs) with the bucket no, it was, but it was one of those iron-covered buckets, so like the, the rings in the bucket were made of iron, so it was very hard. And actually, the ship's surgeon tried to save more, but he died from the skull fracture the next day. So, severe injury.
1: Yeah, but just the word, like, bucket. He <laughs> got killed with a bucket. What, did he step in it and fall over?
0: And then farewell. It just seems like, I don't know, it's a bit much. Nah. It seems like something out of a, Mon- a Monty Python skit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Captain Kidd... Did not care that he caused Moore's death whatsoever, and he actually claimed that he had good friends in England who would save him from any consequences, which we'll see in a moment if that's true or not. Oh, I bet he was well chuffed with himself. He was, yeah. I finally got to kill someone, <laughs> even though it was one of my men. <laughs> I bet
1: he gave some big thing like, "Yeah, look, look what I can do." And he went back to his cabin like, <gasps> and then threw up or something like. like I just killed someone, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> <The>
0: fucking kid. <laughs> well, the second event that sealed Kid's fate was Kid's attack on the 400 ton merchant ship, the Kada Merchant. Now, this ship was, it's not, uh, it's spelled Kada. I didn't, can't imagine it was Kada Merchant. I think it was Kada Merchant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kada. It was, it was pronounced Pepis Merchant. <laughs>
0: it's pronounced peeps peeps
1: (laughs) someone will tell us
0: you know i'm 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 totally okay with you guys correcting what i say because it's i I get a lot of this stuff wrong uh pete (laughs) thank you so much pete actually sent us a couple of uh really cool topics that we we need to look more into yeah man yeah we need a fucking research assistant
1: (laughs) big time anyone looking for a job yeah definitely who also knows a sponsor (laughs) (laughs)
0: or if you are a sponsor and have time, if you want to pay us to be a research assistant. Yeah. Well, this Cata merchant was a ship carrying a large amount of goods, and Captain Kidd thought it would be a great plunder. Well, Captain Kidd actually decided to plan the attack a bit better this time, finally, and he approached Hmm. this ship flying French colors, which was a very smart move because this ship actually had numerous colors to fly so that it could avoid being claimed by privateers. Oh, so it was like a tactical thing, Log, They could basically fly any flag they wanted to to avoid being captured and mm. losing their, mm. their cargo. Okay. However, when that ship raised its French colours, it played right into Captain Kidd's trap. Because as we mentioned earlier, Kidd had been given the power to capture French ships.
1: Yeah, but I feel like he's lost that now.
0: Well, he hasn't yet. He doesn't know. He just thinks he's getting getting you know chased by some people. I mean, he's probably in a world of his own at this point. Yeah. Well, he successfully captured the Cater merchant and escorted it to the nearest port and sold off uh, sold off most of the goods for a decent sum of about seven thousand pounds.
1: Decent amount of money back then, I imagine. It was a
0: good amount. It was over a million pounds, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um. Now. Captain Kidd then had a bit better luck and was able to sail for a few more months, racking up about 14,000 pounds worth of treasure for his trouble, which in today's money would be about 2.6 million pounds. Not bad. It's not bad, but 14,000 pounds is nowhere near the 200,000 or 400,000 that certain pe- certain pirates claim.
1: Oh, really? Jesus.
0: Yeah. There's, there's Some pirates are said to have had gigantic fortunes.
1: I guess, I guess they probably would, yeah. Well, we are on the topic of the shitty pirates, so I guess it kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, however, the news of Captain Kidd's pirating activities had been followed very closely in London. He wasn't necessarily aware of the amount of pursuit they were giving him in London, but he was aware that they were after him. So he knew that if he wanted to stop being pursued, he would have to rely on his privateering commissions to show that what he did was legal.
1: Okay, so well, so he was still trying to get away with it.
0: He was trying to get away with it. He was saying, "This is something I did this, and it was the stuff I did was legal. I I, I was given the power to do this by the fucking king himself." <laughs> he he plundered a fucking pilgrimage ship, <laughs> and or he tried to.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, no, and and he also did plunder a ship flying England colours. Like
0: he did, yeah. He and he tortured the people on the ship.
1: I think it's too far gone by now. Pretty
0: much, yeah. He's a piece of shit just trying to get away with doing some really terrible things. Yeah, badly. Well, he approached his original financier, Lord Bellamont. You remember him? He's the one that gathered all of the financiers for the um for the entire voyage. Now Bellamont was actually in New York at the time because he was the governor of I think it was New Hampshire, I'm not 100% sure. But okay. Bellamont was a pretty powerful man now as the governor of wherever the hell he was governor of. And he didn't want Kid to threaten that. So when he called for a meeting with Kid, instead of meeting him, he had him arrested. How do you fall for that? <laughs> well, he, Captain Kidd literally just walked into the meeting and there was a constable there to arrest him. That was it.
1: <laughs> I feel like he walked in there with such like big balls. Like I am here. Captain Kidd.
0: You'll never guess who has 2.6 million pounds. What's this guy doing here?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, who's this? (laughs) Constable what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Captain Kidd was then thrown into a ship with, I think it was 31 other prisoners, and he was sailed to London to await his trial for piracy. Because the news had spread of his piracy acts, he was now absolutely notorious in London. Oh. Well, Captain Kidd had arguments in his defense. He argued that he was forced by his crew to commit any act of piracy, and they had robbed him and destroyed all of his records. So he didn't have any information to show that proved that, but he was telling the truth. That's such a bitch move. Andy maintained that all the ships he captured were French, goddammit. (laughs) Well, he was kept on a ship on the Thames, on the River Thames, in solitary confinement for months while the trial was being prepared. He was kept on this Ugh. ship in solitary confinement for months, and he was not allowed any legal representation or access to any relevant papers to help his defense because he would have to represent himself. <laughs> At this point, he started to contemplate suicide, and he actually requested a knife so that he could end his life, but he was denied that because they did not want to be the end of his life to be um, that easy. And this is actually where his story gets more tragic. yeah. He couldn't even kill himself. <laughs> he wasn't allowed to. He was then taken from his cell and sailed down the River Thames and questioned for seven hours until he was sent away to Newgate Prison, where he was imprisoned for another eleven months in terrible conditions. Newgate Prison is described in the book as being—I mean, it's not great now. <laughs> it mm. was terrible then. I mean, awful conditions.
1: Prisons in the, everywhere in these times in England was awful conditions. You had like a bucket to shit in.
0: The bucket itself was made of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a shit bucket for your shit. You had to craft your own bucket out of shit. They
0: couldn't give him a real bucket. He'd kill people with it. It's a deadly weapon in Captain Kid's
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's got a history buckets. It's lethal to him.
0: Well, Captain Kidd was finally called to speak and explain his actions. But he was called to explain his actions directly to Parliament. He is the only pirate in British history to have to explain his actions before the assembled members of parliament directly. Okay. But he was actually in no condition to do so. He was very depressed. He was disheveled. And he was suffering from two years of imprisonment in very awful conditions. Um, So he had no chance in hell in showing that he had any sort of defense in this case. And none of the documents showing that he had captured French ships could be found by his defense, strangely enough. Even the Cata merchant, which was flying French colors. What? So he couldn't even claim that? He couldn't even claim that. He couldn't claim that any act that he did was legitimate. Nothing. Whatsoever.
1: So he's in a lot of trouble.
0: And as you can imagine, none of the political financiers of this voyage showed their faces whatsoever to, to help him uh, in his defense. <laughs> now, Captain Kidd argued that he was not guilty of piracy because his actions had been sanctioned, but nothing could be found to assist in this claim, like I said. And he was also accused of the murder of William Moore the man he had struck with a bucket and he claimed that his crew was mutinous at the time and he never meant to kill more, but he totally did.
1: <laughs> he t- yeah. He fully, he fully killed him with he a totally bucket. Did.
0: And now <laughs> he's trying, he's trying to make good on that promise that I've got friends in London. That'll get me out of this. He absolutely does not. And the prosecution proved to be way too formidable. And kid was sentenced to death by hanging. And when he heard the sentence, kid said, quote, my Lord, It is a very hard sentence. For my part, I am the innocentest person of them all. (laughs) Innocentist. (laughs) Innocentist, yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) And so Captain William Kidd was hanged until his death for acts of piracy that weren't even that great of pirate acts. And I think we could say that that's unfortunate.
1: That is quite unfortunate. It didn't even do good.
0: He didn't do good. He was a terrible pirate. Terrible pirate. <laughs> well, that's the story of Calico Jack and Bonnie, Mary Reed, and the shittiest of them all, Captain Kidd.
1: The shittiest of them all, Captain Kidd. I feel really bad for him, actually. I do a bit, but also, he didn't exactly fucking cover himself in glory.
0: No, he didn't. He could have tried harder. Oh, sorry. Let me just say really quick that the reason he's known for buried treasure is because a lot of the, the uh, money he made from the Cata merchant, that was hidden and buried on an island. But it was only about, like I said, 14,000 pounds. It wasn't anything, a staggering amount. It was just that he had hid it somewhere when he went to um, speak with Lord Bellamont when he was trying to negotiate his, uh, when he was arrested basically. <laughs> He's just a bit stupid, isn't he? Yeah, he is a bit stupid. Sorry.
1: Like, he, he, he defines incompetence.
0: It's really sad because he was set up in such a great way. He could have been such a powerful, formidable foe if he had just not done what he did.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, he it's just, it, it really did fuck up his own glory, really. He probably could have had a big legacy if he'd actually done well.
0: Yeah, and his legacy, well, he does does have a good legacy, a big legacy when it comes to buried treasure, but I think the main legacy he has is just killing people with buckets. If he had just <laughs> armed all of his, his uh, crew with buckets, I guarantee they would have been able to do much more.
1: Like, imagine if, if he could have been, if he'd actually been successful and still killed the dude with the bucket, he would have had a legacy of being the guy who killed people with buckets.
0: And buried and buried the treasure, but like a lot more treasure. If he was able to bury like fifty grands worth of treasure, which was I can imagine, what was that fourteen? So you gotta gotta like triple it. So you're looking at like five, six, eight million, maybe. Uh, yeah, he would have easily been one of the best pirates in history. But this is what happens when people who shouldn't be in management get in management, which a lot of people do. Yeah, <laughs> they funny. kill people with buckets. <laughs> they kill people with actual complaints like legitimate complaints like he was saying you know you haven't gotten us any money well f- you know what he's <laughs> just reaming him with a bucket <laughs> can you imagine if your hr department did that
1: <laughs> if there was a union back then they would have had a field day <laughs> a pirate
0: union yeah <laughs> send
1: sending a rep out on a dinghy <laughs> like, <laughs> you aren't providing enough for our clients blah 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 As he he buckets the rep
0: to death. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, put the bucket down. Put the bucket down, sir. Put
1: it down. Put it down. (laughs) I see you've got it. I see you crafted it out of your own shit. No, (laughs) no, no.
0: (laughs) You crafty motherfucker. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, Greg. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I did. I need to say very quickly, please have some patience with us over the next week uh two weeks. I have very important law school exams coming up next week and the following week, so uh I'm going to probably be completely dark on all the social media and everything, so uh mm-hmm. don't feel like we've we've given up on the podcast. We're still here. <laughs> I just have to concentrate on some other stuff. But that's yep. the only little housekeeping I have. So, if you guys don't mind, please show the show to at least one person today. Just show one person um, the Unfortunate History podcast that really helps us out. That That's actually been going—I been, think a lot of you have been doing it because that's actually been growing our podcast quite a bit over the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. So thank you so much for all the help and all the support you've given us. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow the show, just search Unfortunate History. If you want to follow me, just search Cody Pennington and Greg
1: if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm greg.skin93. Or
0: just search Greg Skinner.
1: Or just sure. search Greg Skinner. I'll pop up.
0: Yeah, you'll pop up. He changes his username like every other day.
1: No, no. I've actually, actually kind of committed to one now. So um, Greg. like...
0: Skinner 93
1: no it's just greg dot skin
0: greg dot okay well this is confusing
1: <laughs> you just search greg skinner you'll find me
0: okay definitely do that <laughs> thank you guys so much um but unfortunately we gotta go so stay unfortunate stay unfortunate guys Tura. bye